Tin Lounge. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. This is our long-awaited episode with Jen Lee. Finally. Finally. <laughs> so I am very happy to see that she's doing well. She finally got over her cough, which I know is super annoying. So I cannot wait for you all to join in on this conversation we have with her. We talk about lessons that we learned in 2023 that we can take with us into the new year and what Jen is predicting in 2024 in terms of topics of interest for the industry. Yeah, it's juicy. So stay tuned. And this episode is brought to you by Toby AI and Voyager websites. Visit voyagersocial.ai to take Toby for a walk. Oh my goodness, Jen Lee, finally on an episode of the Club Virgos in the house. Virgos in the house. I mean, we usually have you on for the end of year, like wrap up, beginning of the year motivation. But this year, I don't know what was going around, but I'm so glad to see you healthy and well. (laughs) And, you know, I feel like we are even at a good point with you coming on the podcast at this time of the year because it's still January and yes. the year is still young. So Jen Lee, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> well, I so appreciate y'all's patience. I just kept texting these two ladies. I can do it, but you're going to keep me on mute the whole time. I was like coughing up a lung for like four weeks. My husband and I were so sick with that upper respiratory, but I am finally better. And actually, I'm very glad uh, that I'm after uh, Ka Lee. Uh, If anyone is listening to this and you have not listened to his, uh, their interview with him, as you guys said, mind blown. But mm-hmm. to me, it's on a variety of different things. And it wasn't really, to me, mind blown with AI. But we'll kind of dive into that. It, it was, it was, it was very, um, it was good. It was really, really good. Really good. <laughs> hello, you guys. And hello to everybody. And I keep thinking you're going to see me, but I'm here. I've got good lipstick on. She looks on beautiful. I will, I will witness. She looks beautiful. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying, ladies. So 2024, right? Yes. Yes, 2024, what do you think advisors can take in terms of lessons from 2023 into 2024? And also, multiple questions in one, sorry. Um, Also, what do you see in terms of your predictions for the industry this year? So lessons learned from 23, bring it into 24, and what you see moving forward into this year. So what I'm hoping that advisors have learned in 2023 and agency owners is simplification. I'm hoping they learned that and actually they dove into it in 2023 because there's so many like technologies and automations. And I know, I think probably this time last year, we were talking about how to say no to a client, how to like fire a client, how to know who your client is. And I don't like to use the word ideal client, but I kind of feel like every business owner knows who they really want to serve. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You've got to have to start out with, who am I passionate about serving? And a lot of times that starts with answering the question, what motivated you to get into this business to begin with, right? So there's a reason that you got into it, even if it was 40 years ago. So I'm hoping, and I I talk about that quite a bit, but I'm hoping in 2023, those that 
wanted to simplify and started to simplify, even double down on it in 2024. Um, I know you two have been talking a lot about, you know, um, I think, Teresa, you've been just, I, I was so impressed when I was listening to the one podcast you did, and I think it was in 23, when you're like, here's what I did. I didn't take any clients in September because <laughs> I was going on vacation and I had too many, I had too many people traveling. And I was like, I'm not talking to you in the month of September, whatever that was. And I was like, <gasps> people must be like losing <laughs> their minds. How did she do that? But that's a form of simplification. And we were just talking before that um, Teresa and Kareen are getting ready to celebrate their four-year anniversary of this podcast. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> and I've watched that podcast go, you know, kind of go with the industry, but now ahead of the industry. And I think you guys are definitely bringing the conversation to the table that others wanted and just didn't know how to or were embarrassed. And so, Teresa, your example of, yep. You know, when I travel, if I know I've got, I'm going to be on vacation, I don't book anybody else to travel. So that simple, that's a simplification example, right? So if you, if you were able to simplify in 2023 and you still have a business that you like, chances are you can continue it in 2024. So look at those, those options. If you tried it and got too scared or you listened or you, maybe you opted into an app or Trello or something that you felt like, you know, maybe it was branch up, uh, you know, maybe it was something that you thought would simplify it and it's not working for your business. Stop. Yep. Like stop. I think this is one thing that I hear often from advisors and I do a lot of 15 minute power sessions with our TPI advisors and folks around the world of uh, the country. And you know, they're like, oh, okay, so now I need to be on LinkedIn. Now I need to be on Instagram. I just downloaded TikTok. How do I, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Like, you don't have to do all of that. I know I got to do email marketing and then I got to do this. And I get, no, you don't. We have to simplify. We got to get back to, not even back to basics, start at the basics. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people have just overthought it. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I completely agree. And I totally feel that your comments on simplifying in 2023 and thinking about who your ideal clients are um, and moving into that in 24, that really resonated with me because I feel like that was my journey going through the past few years, especially last year. And part of the reason why I feel like I closed my calendar during part of the part of the year is because I internally was feeling like the clients and the trips that I was booking and planning, it really was not aligning with where I wanted to yeah. go anymore. Yeah. And, you know, an example is I booked a ton of Europe, but Europe was never my passion. Right. But when you first start in the business, you take what people are requesting. And I got into the industry <laughs> because I loved exploration. I loved uh, cultural immersion. And I wanted also for the trips that I was booking to have some kind of positive impact on the destination that, you know, I was sending my clients. And, you know, as I went through my years in the industry, I started to feel more and more restless because I'm like, you know, I'm booking this and, you know, we're making great sales numbers, but I'm just not feeling at peace with what I am doing. And mm -hmm. I will say going to the signature conference and listening to their different, they call them the different umbrellas of types mm -hmm. of trips. I saw expedition travel and positive impact travel 
under those umbrellas. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there is now a resource for me to go to Mm -hmm. for exactly why I got into the industry. And And so so, closing off my calendar during that time, it gave me brain space to really get that clarity. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I would have been able to get to that decision of limiting my Europe bookings and focusing more on the destinations that I had initially wanted to book when I got into the industry. So that gave me clarity because I just told myself, I'm like, why am I going to spend this time and this effort booking and planning trips that I don't feel aligned with and then having to further service that? Not to say that those trips are not being serviced by my agency. I have an associate who will be taking those Europe trips. But for me and the trips that I do, they're going to be more focused on what brings me joy and what I'm passionate about. So the key is the word joy, right? So, you know, in business, it's got to make you money and bring you joy. It has to do both. If it brings you joy, but doesn't make you any money, we call that, let's say it together, a hobby. A hobby. Or a failing business or a side hustle because you're, you know, independently wealthy. But if it brings you, if it doesn't bring you joy and it makes you money, that's just as bad. That is... Um, really considered, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're in prison, like it's torture. Yeah. (laughs) It's like torture, right? I mean, we may as well be working in an office setting if it's going to be a job that doesn't bring us joy and makes us money, right? Like why am I stressing myself out being a business owner if I can't be happy? And I think it's important when you find yourself, and this is a really good piece of advice for those that are listening. If you find yourself similar to where Tracy is, because listen, Teresa and Kareem both know this. And when I was a business consultant outside of the uh, travel industry, everybody suffers from this, guys. I'm just telling you, every industry suffers from this. You, in the beginning, you're learning, you're excited, you want to do this, whatever this craft is, the service is, and you're saying yes to just about anything for two reasons. One, somebody's interested in me. I need to, you know, it's kind of like a girl that changes, you know, for a boy or something. Do you know what I mean? Like you're trying to go, I'll be, the, I, I love meat when you're a vegetarian. I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll be whatever you want me to be. Just be nice to me. Say, call me back. Right. So, um, so it's kind of like you do that in the beginning and then you're also learning along the way. Many, many times people think they want to do one thing and then they get into it and then all of a sudden they're exposed to something else. I'm like, that's the ticket. You didn't know what you didn't know. But for those that are listening that feel that maybe they're in that kind of, gosh, I'm not getting as much joy any longer. Like when you don't look forward to waking up and jumping on your computer and taking after you've done your morning routine, jumping on your computer, you know, there's something wrong. When you start, when you start to sentence with, I know I should, that is a big red flag. Anytime you start a sentence with, I know I should, that means you shouldn't. So that's a, that's a key indicator. But I would ask myself, go back to the beginning. And Teresa, you just highlighted it. You know, what motivated me to get into this business? Why, what motivated me? And if you don't have a true understanding of what motivated you, if it was like, I just like to travel, as we all know, that is not what you guys do. This is not a glamorous position in the least bit, as much as it looks online, you work really hard. So I think that's the first lesson is if you 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 were looking at that simplicity in 2023 and maybe you didn't get there or maybe you're not quite feeling in line, um, go back to what's motivating me? What motivated me to be in here? 
who do I want to serve? How do I want to serve them? Those are two questions. And then the third question is to ask yourself or answer, where do they hang out? And I think that speaks a lot to everything that everyone thinks they're supposed to do. Oh, now I've got to do this and then I have to do. No, you don't. You don't have to do any of it. Whoever you want to serve and how you want to serve them, which is the products and services and the types of trips, where do those people hang out? That's your marketing arm. That's what you double down in on is where do they hang out? So it can be simple like that. And then you build your marketing around that, your messaging. You know, we haven't mentioned our boyfriend's name, Don Miller, in quite some time. Has he lost has he lost our love, <laughs> ladies? Oh, no. I just talked to Corrine about Donald Miller in between our podcast recordings because <laughs> uh, there's this new author and, and um, expert in hospitality who is currently um, the guest of, I think, Don Miller's like latest mm -hmm. um, podcast episode. But my goodness, Don Miller, he is a classic, timeless. He's not a trend. He will be here and so will his insight. <laughs> He's like a good hound's tooth, a good tooth, <laughs> yes. a good linen yes. pants. Timeless. <laughs> <laughs> a good linen <laughs> patent leather shoe. I don't know where I'm going with this. But anyways, um, so yeah, then it's really about your messaging. Um, I, I, I would say that would be one thing. So those are the lessons. And what, what do I see for 2024? You know, it's interesting. Um, I joined the industry full time eight years ago and came in nine years ago as a consultant. Uh, TPI had hired me really to just be an MC and I got in and I started meeting you crazy cats. And I was like, okay, hold the fort. <laughs> I, I gotta be like, no, this, all these peeps, they need some help. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. And I don't mean you two individually, but I was like, this industry is ass backwards. Like they do not understand the entrepreneurial mindset and the entrepreneur calling you guys ICs and home base. I've told that story a million times, like fingernails on a chalkboard for me. So when I came in, one of the first things I did is I had attended a conference and I just started walking around in my be Bobby kind of self, not knowing what I was talking about, introducing myself to everyone. And I started meeting advisors and agency owners that had been in the business for like 30 years, 30, 35 years. And, you know, it, they started to say, I remember handwriting tickets, you know, and I remember, you know, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. You've been in business through Zika, through 9-11, through all of these things. I'm so impressed. But the second part that of that conversation went kind of towards the, um, I don't know what the word is that I want to use, maybe a little agitated, irritated, scared of the resistant. new people. Resistant. Thank you for the good word. Um, resistant to the new folks like myself coming in. And I thought, hmm, so I understand and I value, and I'm going to use the word value because you know how much I hate it in a normal sentence with the advisors, but I can appreciate, see, I have another word. I can appreciate, and I was honoring everything that they've done to build the industry. But at the same time, if they weren't willing to share their knowledge, and this was nine years ago, if they weren't willing to share their knowledge, the new folks coming into the industry, because at that time, we didn't have really great training for those that were entering the industry. There weren't brick and mortars for you to sit right next to Sally and Sally shows you how to work that technology or how to qualify a client. Here are the questions to ask. It, just, it was a mishmash all over the industry. So I just thought, wow, this is we're going to be in trouble. And then a few years later, um, pre-pandemic, I wrote an article that talked about how there's no succession planning. Like the folks that had been in business for all these years, they don't have a plan. 
Like they don't know what they're going to do with their business. They're kind of like, oh yeah, we've got a great 401k and a house on the, on the water. And that's how I'm going to retire. And I was, I remember saying, well, what about the clients you've been serving for 40 years and their kids and their grandkids? So that was several years back then the pandemic hit and, you know, everything changed. What I'm seeing for 2024 is I'm seeing that same um, resistance from a generation that literally kept this industry, built this industry, kept this industry strong. I'm seeing a resistance right now because they're afraid to pass that on to the next generation, the current generation. The whippersnappers. Those whippersnappers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to be able to whistle when I shriek, you know, when you do that. <laughs> whippersnappers. Snappers. Snappers. And um, at TPI, I'm kind of putting together a, uh, um, a, a kind of a document to help you figure out that transition, what that looks like. But emotionally, I think that is now weighing heavy on many advisor and agency owners' minds. They want to make sure they are, they are passing their client, at least now they are passing their clients on to somebody. And they also want to make sure they leave this industry with the legacy that, 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 that portion of the industry that they helped create and maintain, they're feeling nervous. And I, Corinne and I were just talking about, and we see it at TPI and, and, and all of our advisors are very kind to one another. They're very passionate. Let's, uh, let's put that out there. Very passionate folks that I deal with. <laughs> uh, I mean, that are with us at TPI because they're hard charging, but they kind of are like poo-pooing how the current generation and the future generation want to serve the clients. And so I think the trend that I see is, is that we have to close that gap by first off having a stronger understanding of where they're coming from. We have to have a really good transition for them to be matched up with someone who's similar, but doesn't necessarily have to say, I send luggage tags, I'm making it up, but I send luggage tags and a coffee mug with my company name on it for every client. That might not be what Teresa does, but Teresa cares for your clients, understands where your clients want to travel, has the expertise to take great care of them. And on the flip side, on our current generation, we have to be have enough grace to understand where they're coming from so that we can have good conversations. It doesn't mean we have to change, but have good conversations so that they do feel comfortable exiting the industry and feeling like they've, they've left their child with you know, their teenage, actually their grown child uh, with the right partner. I don't know where I'm going with this, but do you know what I mean? Did that make sense? Yes. Yes. Thank God. So it's all, it's all rooted in how much they love the industry, right? And it's important for us to understand that they're not just being negative. No, they are being protective. They Mm -hmm. are trying to make sure that everything, you know, and it's kind of like, Sometimes I'll say out loud in a meeting that I don't answer my phone and a couple of people almost faint, you know, I'm like, and then you'll, someone was advising, I was on a panel recently and someone was advising that you should be calling your clients occasionally for no reason. Mm -hmm. My clients would call the police on me (laughs) if I did that. Okay. (laughs) Now, if you have an older clientele, Yes, but you have to know your audience. And it's just like you said, you have to be clear about who it is you're serving and who you want to serve. Yes. But if you're serving millennials, I can guarantee you calling them on the phone for no reason is not mm-hmm. 
I will almost guarantee that you'll be sent to voicemail because as a millennial, I don't answer unscheduled phone calls unless it's like my mom or family member or anything like that. I don't answer unscheduled phone calls. Well, and I think everybody, and I do that, I had that webinar. um, I don't know if we did a podcast on it, the Bulls, Owls, Lambs, and Tigers. Did we ever do a podcast on that years ago? I think you did that with Whitney. With Whitney. Well, you know, you didn't ask, so you don't get it. So anyways, um, I did that with Whitney, but it's different personality types. It's not even just generational, right? So Mm -hmm. it's really based on what's important to that person, what's what motivates them to make a decision. And the decision isn't necessarily to say yes to a particular experience or a trip that you've uh, crafted. But uh, the decision to say yes could be, yes, I want to continue doing business with this person. Yes, this person is in line with me. I'm going to refer them to others. Right. So it's understanding that we're all humans and there is no one size fits all for everybody. I, you know, Put, take my position um, as an example. As a VP at TPI, we have, as of this morning, 5,034 advisors. Okay, that's a lot. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, now, I don't know all 5,000. Uh, 2,800 are main advisors and the rest are associates that are on folks' team. But the way I help a situation with Wendy Campbell is going to be completely different than the way I help Don Stark. And I'm just making up these, these scenarios. Yeah. Everybody is different. And so, but you do have to have a process of some sort that allows you to do your job the best and whatever that is, but recognize that. And I I think my point is, is I want to see, I want, we all want the same thing. We want this industry to continue to grow in a, um, in a positive direction with professionals that take this seriously, whether they do it part-time or full-time, it doesn't matter. Take it seriously represent the entire industry. Um, Hopefully one day we never go to, this is my personal opinion, I don't want to be like realtors where everyone's licensed because then the government's involved. And we know, I don't care what side of the fence you're on, when the government's involved, it gets screwed up along the way. Mm -hmm. But instead I'd say, how can we attract the right folks to stay in the industry? How can we train them to ensure that they understand this is a business and um, and then prep them for potentially buying out another agency, taking over another agency's uh, book of business. We talk about that at the Building Your Legacy event, Teresa. You know, how do how do we how do we do that? So I would just say we kind of have to like release a little bit and help each other continue taking the baton and continuing uh, the race around the world with our customers. Cause what you guys do is so very, very important. And, um, we need, we need a good, strong industry. We have to have a good, strong. Well, industry. And you brought up a point earlier about release and relearn. So I would mm-hmm. also say for the people who've been in the industry for since 1947, Uh, You know, (laughs) if you want to keep going, then you do have to be willing to relearn a little bit. So like, you know, Kaz been helping Effie a lot with AI. Mm -hmm. Now, Effie is always like, I don't know how you're doing all this stuff, you know, because I'm Miss Techie, whatever. So she finally had her aha moment and is so excited about how AI can help her. But it takes a minute for her to get there. You know what I mean? There's people who are used to doing it a certain way. And the thought of changing how they do it is so stressful that even if they recognize the benefits, 
they won't do it because it's too stressful. They're just averse to change. So for the people who are resistant to change, but they really want to keep growing in the industry, it's okay to, as you said, release and relearn a little bit, mm-hmm. and but you can do it at your own pace and mm-hmm. you can do it in a bite-sized way. You don't have to reinvent the entire wheel that you've been using yeah. for all these years, you know? Well, and, and, and it, it's even not even just technology or, pro, you know, it's it's even, um, I remember a couple of years ago, everyone after the pandemic was like, I'm charging fees, by golly, I'm charging fees. Finally, people started charging fees. And we'll use Effie as an example as well. She's like, there's no way I'm not charging fees. You know, she charged cancellation, but not planning. But And she was just like, nope, 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 my clients won't go for it. Nope, 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 nope. So, and then she started doing it. She was like, oh yeah, everyone says yes. And it's like, you guys hear that it's the same story over and over again. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of release yourself of the notion that what you've, how it's always been done is how it will always be done and must be done. Release yourself of that notion and open up your mind to relearn and revisit something. Even if it it maybe what the today's thing is, challenge yourself for one thing this year. Like what's the one thing? Take it slow. Make it slow. What's the one thing? And don't make it something that you feel like you're supposed to know. I guess I should. If you start with, I guess I should, that is a no right there. That's a stop sign. That's not a good idea. Find what is good uh, for you. Because this industry is only getting stronger. And I'm not going to say bigger, but stronger, more influential. I am, as you ladies know, I'm huge with ASTA. I'm on the ASTA Corporate Advisory Council Board, um, uh, teeing up to be on the ASTA Board of Directors. I am huge with the ASTA Legislative Day, and I walk Washington and the executive track now, talking directly with senators and congressmen about the travel industry, the advisor version of the travel industry, and what's important to you. And they're fine. I can see now when we come back, and this is a massive kudos to ASTA. And everyone should be an ASTA member uh, to support the industry. But now I don't have to explain, yes, travel advisors are still existing. Yes, they're still alive. Now, when you walk in, even young whippersnappers that are just uh, starting out, they're like, oh, yeah, I love my travel advisor. Oh, yeah, I used one, you know, for the honeymoon. And I'm like, thank goodness you guys actually know. So there's power in knowledge and uh, understanding that in, in Washington that they know who we are. Trust me, it's very important. So I think we definitely have made some huge strides, but I do believe this is a critical time, 2024, to help folks succession out um, and let them feel comfortable and confident to pass those clients on to the current and next generation and then us attracting the right next generation. Um, You just made me want to go back to something, too, um, about going back to the simplification and the reasons why we as an industry would always just take whatever inquiry came in and let our clients kind of run our business for us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was a scarcity mindset because the profession itself as a whole was not terribly respected and you were constantly having to prove your value and your worth and why you know uh those days are over people do understand what we do And it is in your best interest to simplify, to be clear about who you want to serve and to pass on and refer the ones you don't so that we can keep this wonderful reputation intact. Because if you say yes to the wrong thing and you mess it up, 
you're putting your reputation on the line. We don't need to be in the scarcity mindset anymore. We need to be right. in that this is what I am good at. This is what I do. And mm-hmm. if this is what you want, then let's work together. And if it's not, let me send you to someone who's going to nail it for you so that as an industry, we can keep this train going. Yeah, for every um, mismatched opportunity between advisor and client, and it does mess up, you basically are speaking for the entire industry. So, and and vice versa, when things go well, you're speaking for the entire industry. Mm -hmm. I had a very influential friend who I passed on to an advisor, and this was very early on in in, in the industry for myself, who that advisor probably should have said, this is not my wheelhouse, instead took it. Um, And this very influential person said, I don't even know why you're in this industry. Nobody's ever going to use a travel advisor. This They failed me miserably. And this is a very good advisor, but that was not a, um, that was not even close to the wheelhouse of what this person was. I didn't know at the time when I referred, I just was, oh, I'm going to give this to this advisor. So, you know, it's really, really important. And so when we're more clear, I was talking to an advisor earlier today. She's like, yeah, people email me all the time. I'm like, congratulations. I said, what happens? And then she says, yeah, they ask for recommendations. And I said, fantastic. How do you respond? Well, you know, I ask them questions. Fabulous. And I'm sitting here thinking, you already know, I'm going, girl, you've given up that information for free. Yes, ma'am. I send it and then they book it themselves. I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? You didn't put them in a process of some sort to help walk them through the process of understanding because though even though they're your friends, they don't know how you make a living because you haven't told them. And we're far away from uh, the the consumer as a general understanding still, you know, how you guys get paid. Nobody like walks into a dentist office and say, hey, is there somebody around that could just take a quick look at my teeth? I just want to get an estimate on how much it would cost to get braces or, you know, do I need this? Ballpark it for me. Yeah, can you ballpark that? Can I pick your brain? Like, who's picking brains? They're still doing it. Um, Okay, Teresa, you've been very quiet. Well, I've just been taking in all the knowledge that you have been giving us. And I think part of the release part is, I see it as adaptation, right? Mm. You have to learn to adapt to new things, the different ways of doing things because the world is constantly changing. And, you know, just looking at, I mean, I've heard numerous times, oh, I used to write paper tickets for flights. Okay, we don't do that anymore. So how did you have to, what did you have to do to progress to today? You really had to learn and to adapt to new things. And yes, new things are scary, if you don't understand them, yeah. you can get information from all these different sources that can tell you, for example, that AI is going to take over our jobs. Right. No, take the time to understand things you don't know yet. Like try and find a resource that'll give you a high level of understanding. You don't need to be an AI expert, mm-hmm. but just at least go to a place where you can say, Hey, I can utilize this as a tool to grow my business and scale my business if that is where I want to take my business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the adaptability part and like, you know, taking on clients that are not a good fit. I mean, I got this beautiful stack of cards from TPI at the end of the year with um, motivational lines and quotes. And one of it that I read through, it says, if it costs you your piece, it is too expensive. There's yeah. no amount of commission dollars that's going to make the stress worth it. I could charge a thousand dollar fee for a client, but if they give me heart palpitations every time they send me an email or I see a text from them, 
that $1,000 is not going to be worth it to me. If it costs me my piece, it's too expensive. Yeah. And Teresa, it doesn't mean that that person shouldn't be served. They just shouldn't be served by you. Right? Like, exactly. I, you know, there is a client and a, uh, an advisor partner for everybody. It's not a, oh my God, this is the biggest jerk in the whole wide world. Believe me. And Teresa and Karine are, are going to read between the lines when I say this. There are plenty of people in our world that everyone's like, how the heck do you deal with this person? And I'm like, I think this person's amazing. I think this person has got such, but they, you know, there, there's something about them that they come across wrong. They rub themselves, you know, they rub you the wrong way. I just happen to be one of these people that says there's something and there's a reason and I'm going to ask more and I want to know. I like those types of challenges. That doesn't mean everybody does. Others are like, I don't want to deal with that. And that's cool too. So yeah, it's, 100%. it's, yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's, it's a lot of times it's that matching to the personality uh, for sure. I mean, um, just looking at the variety of, I just take restaurants, for example, how many Italian restaurants do we have? How many steak houses do we have? It's not, yeah necessarily saying that one person likes, you know, this one particular place, but then their friend goes and they absolutely hate it. There's different tastes, different people will fit different things. So it's okay. That's that's what makes it spicy. That's what makes it spicy. The world's (laughs) spicy. Um, So I did want to talk a little bit about, um, um, something that Ka said. So for those of you that are listening, if you haven't listened to the podcast with Ka Lee, get your butt back one week. Is this going to be next week's or the week? When, when are we going to be like, anyway, one week or two week? I don't know. You got to go listen to that podcast. What I loved about the podcast, first off, you two are just master interviewers. So good. Um, and what it was about AI and the power of AI, but there was, there were so many things in it that really you could learn about curiosity and about, I'm going to say a lack. No, I'm going to say laziness. Um, if you think about it, there was one thing he was talking about. Remember he was talking about app developers look for the stickiness factor. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. going to make you stay on that app? And remember he kind of shared the story. They know that if you read, I think it was New York times. He said, if you read, six articles in four days, they know you will pay for the subscription. And if you've only read three articles in three days, they are, they are pounding you. They're just serving things up so that you go, okay, yeah, this is worth it. This is worth it. This is worth it. And it was the stickiness factor. Um, so I loved that. And it made me think of the advisor database out there. All of you guys, what is your stickiness factor? What is it that what is it that your clients do? What's the action that they take that tells you I'm almost there? And I'm I'm envisioning, um, you know, do you know what a sales funnel is? Have you guys ever done like a marketing funnel oh, yeah. a sales funnel? Okay. That was kind of a stupid question. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ask it like that. <laughs> Clearly you know what a sales funnel is. For those that are listening that might not know a sales funnel, it's a upside, it's a funnel. And at the top is talking all about gaining more eyeballs. And that's really marketing, right? Marketing in a way, that's the Donald Miller, marketing in a way where you're speaking to them. And then they make a micro decision is the very next part. And that micro decision could be that they like something, they commented, uh, they read, they clicked through on your email. They've shown you an interest of an interest, right? Like the beginning of a real, real interest. That's the stickiness factor. Understanding 
that if you're going to do email marketing, right, that you've got to take some time to analyze that data and understand if I'm doing this, I want to take them down a funnel because we want to be taken down a funnel. We don't know it as a consumer. We just naturally know. I, I'm on, I get up at four in the morning these days. I don't know why. I'm even postmenopausal. I'm still waking up too early in the morning. So I get up and I end up on like those Facebook reels. See, I'm so old. Like, what's that what they're called? Reels? Those little videos that pop up? Yeah, something? you got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I know. You think you are, Jen. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm right. So I'll get on there and I'm like, I'm watching, I don't know, I'm watching about something and all of a sudden there's some influencer that's showing me this new stand-up decks that you can use and roll around. And then I watch the video. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Then I go on to the next thing. Before I know it, when I'm scrolling, every stand-up desk ad is coming up. And the one that I saw before, that's the one I really want because these others are posers. I don't like them. I've already like looked at them. I want to go back to the one before. And I'm praying that they, they, they reach back out to me and they say, hey, we know you've been looking. What do we need to do? Like, I'm, I'm hoping they're smart, which I'm sure they are. And all of a sudden that's going to come up again so that I can then make that decision. But I'm relying on them as the marketer. I'm relying on them to tell me again, you liked me. I'm here again because you know what I'm not doing? Writing down, oh, that's standmore.com. Let me go to the website. I'm scrolling. I'm watching. It's four in the morning. So you're, the consumer is actually being trained to have you connect with them in a meaningful way. So when I say don't be lazy, I, I don't like the automated programs. I'm not going to mention the names, the automated social media programs that post on your behalf. I don't like those. And it's not that I don't like those companies. I just feel like that's a lazy approach. That's a, I checked it off my checklist approach. And we can't be lazy if the advisors and agency owners want to pass their clients on to us. There are other clients through those clients. And this is today's consumer is used to being served up what they're looking for intuitively. I thought of you when I saw this opportunity with the Galapagos. I thought of you when, so the consumer, and you think about yourself as a consumer, you want to be spoken to and reached out to in that way. So AI is going to be great for that. Absolutely, because I think what's missing with those automated social media is like, it's not human. There's no connection. There's no personality. There's no way for the consumer to know a thing about who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, AI helps you demonstrate your personality and who you are quickly. <laughs> it's going to be a shortcut, especially if you're intimidated by writing or coming up with these ideas. I mean, that's not what you got in this business to do. So that's going to help you, though, be able to accomplish that in an efficient way and showcase your personality and who you yeah. are. And you're going to sound differently than everybody else naturally because you are different, right? If you yeah. if you utilize it right. Um, so, yeah, I think so. It's it's simplicity uh, in the right way. It's understanding, understanding our there is a transition that must happen this year. We must must make this happen where agencies who really they've they've dedicated 45 years they want to retire guys you can see it they'll say to you god i just want to retire 
but they just can't because they, A, they have a, they're, listen, all of you people in this industry that are successful, you're all control freaks. That's the problem. You're all <laughs> control freaks. That's and, and, and it's a good thing. That's what makes you so good at what you do. But at the same time, it's working against you when you're trying to release uh, and, um, you know, grace somebody else with uh, that, 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 that group of humans that you've been taking care of. We, we need to show on our side that we're ready to receive and we're going to take great care of them. That's my message. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining us again. We hope to have you in on the podcast before the end of the year. Yes. Um, like, yeah, let's, let's do not it. make this just an annual thing. I mean, let's yeah. have you in and during the year. Um, but thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you are well sought after for your advice and your consultations yeah. on business. And we really do appreciate you and your support of the podcast all these years. So mm -hmm. thank you. You're thank welcome. you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you again, Jen, for joining us for an episode of the Tin Lounge. And we hope to have you back on. <laughs> Sooner rather than later. We need like a mid-year check-in for sure. Uh, I'm so glad that we didn't have to completely scrap tradition because it, uh, it's always good to have a gently pep talk when you're going into a new season or a new year. Oh, 100% yes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Cause, cause, cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.